0: Welcome to the Wheat's on Your Mind podcast. My name is Aaron Harries. Wheat's on Your Mind is brought to you by the Kansas Wheat Commission and Kansas Association of Wheat Growers. Our guest on this episode of the podcast is joining us long distance. Calling in from Brazil is my friend Miguel Godos, regional director of the South American Region for U.S. Wheat Associates. has been in that role since June of 2018. He previously worked in that same office as assistant regional director from 2001 to 2008. In his role at U.S. Wheat Associates, Miguel is responsible for leading market development programs conducted in the U.S. Wheat South American region to develop, serve, and expand markets for U.S. wheat exports. Welcome, my friend.
1: Thank you very much, Aaron. It's an honor for me to be here with you today.
0: Well, I'm glad you could take the time out. I knew you are doing some work in Brazil. Uh, the home office is in Santiago, Chile, I should say, but Miguel is out traveling all the time, uh, visiting with U.S. wheat customers in South America and, and doing an excellent job with his team. Uh, another one of his colleagues was just here in Kansas with a trade team from Colombia, with a group of millers representing 75% of the milling industry in the country of Columbia. So it's important for us to um, build those relationships, uh, and uh, we were glad to have them here. So, Miguel, give us a, a general overview of the South American region, uh, what the potential is for markets in that region, and just how important those markets are for hard red winter wheat.
1: Perfecto. Well, eh, eh, the Office of U.S. Wheat in South America covers six countries in the region. Colombia, Ecuador, Peru, Bolivia, Brazil, and Chile. They are basically are the markets that are importing wheat. Obviously, in South America, we have one important competitor of U.S. wheat, that is Argentina. And also, we have Uruguay and Paraguay, that they are also Uh, uh, producing important amounts of wheat that is consumed basically in the southern part of South America. Uh, In South America, in these six countries, uh, U.S. wheat, we have near 20-25% market share today. Uh, We are talking about a market that is near 8 to 10 million metric tons, depending of of use of wheat, depending on the year. Um, The position of U.S. wheat in these markets, uh, uh, checking some numbers here, uh, uh, U.S. wheat exports to South America can uh, fluctuate between 2.5, 2.4 million metric tons, uh, up to 1.7 million metric tons depending on the year, correct? This year has not been a, 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 an excellent year for us. Uh, we know because of high international prices of US wheat in comparison with other origins. Uh, in general, uh, hard winter exports to our market represents at least 40% of U.S. wheat exports to South America. In this particular year, things in 2023, calendar year, things are very different because uh, we have only exported uh, 35,000 metric tons to uh, South America. 25 36000 metric tons of hard red winter to south america and in total us wheat has exported eh, more than 900000 metric tons to eh, our region no in this calendar year again this is a particular year Soft wheat represents maybe 70% of total U.S. wheat exports to the region. And that is basically because of price. We know that South American millers, they value Harold Winter as a baking uh, uh, class uh, by excellence. And... Uh, we have been developing different activities in, in, uh, in, in the region in order to demonstrate that including more hard winter uh, in baking flour blends can improve baking performance and at the same time uh, can reduce cost by uh, decreasing the use of some additives. No? Uh, regarding hard winter, Harred uh, winter is not only used for baking purposes in our region. We also see harred winter going for pasta production. No, in Colombia, in Peru, in Chile, we have seen during the last three, four years that they have been using harred winter blended with spring wheat for some uh, specific applications in pasta.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, that is something new that uh, we discussed with the Colombian trade team that I hadn't heard. But it's it's fascinating that they uh, they would try that. And and you're right, exactly, Miguel. It's been a tough year for hard red winter wheat, not just for South American exports, but for all exports because of the price. and And the challenge you face uh, is is maintaining those relationships. Obviously, working for U.S. Wheat Associates, you represent all six classes of wheat, not sh- not just. HRW, but uh, it, it was encouraging to hear from the buyers that have been here that they still like hard red winter wheat and still would like to mill hard red winter wheat. And so how important are those relationships? Even when you're not necessarily exporting wheat, you, you've got to maintain those relationships.
1: Mm-hmm. That is very important, Aaron. And in South America, customers and, and all the business relation is based in confidence. Uh, uh, and today, what all our customers in the region understand is that what US USWIT is doing or working with them is going to create value. It's going to create value to the milling companies or and to their main customers. We are talking about bakeries or, or bakers, no? Uh, we have several activities, a uh, uh, program for this year. This year was an uh, uh, our record year in activities for calendar year two thousand twenty-three. Uh, we have forty-one activities in South America. That they were activities that they were programmed Some of them years ago, and because of COVID, uh, we delay. Uh, the major part of them, and today uh, uh, we are able to to uh, finally conduct those uh, those activities. No, uh, U.S. wheat again is adding value, and customers in our region they are able to pay a premium for for U.S. wheat, and specifically for hard winter, uh, uh, when obviously the premium uh, uh, is something reasonable and not this the spreads that we have seen uh, during this year with other origins but they know and they value from from uh, specifically from Harry winter the stability that they can get uh, in their flowers uh, also uh, what they value is uh, the that all the wheat as we graded in the US uh, uh, our grading factor system, they are able to have less variability when they blend this wheat, in this case, Jarre winter, with other wheat classes, not only from the U.S., from other origins. No? Remember that in South America uh, we are seeing uh, almost uh, all origins coming to our region. In South America, the, uh, Colombia, Ecuador, and Peru, they don't grow wheat. They grow very small amounts of wheat. Basically, they import 100% of the needs. And uh, today, they have options from Eastern Europe, from Europe, uh, from Brazil, from Argentina, and from Canada. But we, the w- with the work that we have done and we continue doing in the region, we are able to demonstrate uh, the value of our different classes
0: of wheat. I like that term you use, creating value, and that's the thing about hard red winter wheat. It it's always on standby to improve the quality of other wheat that from other sources. It can be it can be blended with other sources of wheat, and as you mentioned, there's a lot of competition for that wheat business in South America. And give us some of the examples of where HRW is maybe blended with other U.S. classes or other origins to to make the product better.
1: Perfect. For example, a very nice example that I uh, 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 want to share with you is the work that we have done with the largest baking company in the world, that is Bimbo. As you know, Bimbo presence in the region is very strong. They have uh, plants in all the countries that we cover, and in some countries, as in Colombia, they have more than one plant. Uh, in the past talking about uh, 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 eight years ago, seven years ago, all Bimbo baking factories in the region, they were using 100% Canadian wheat to produce all their baked goods. Uh, Four years ago, five years ago, we start with a project working with Bimbo directly in their plants and conducting industrial trials including 10%, 20%, up to 30% of hard winter. The hard winter, we know, is lower protein than, than Canadian West, Western spring wheat, that is a spring wheat. But we demonstrate, Bimbo, that if we include between 20 and 30% of hard winter in all their flowers, they can improve a several baking characteristics during the process. And they can also reduce costs using less oil oxidizers eh, 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 in their formulation, no? We demonstrate that in Colombia. We demonstrate that in Peru. We demonstrate that in Chile. And what Bimbo did after our visit, Bimbo changed their flour specification, correct? And also, they start requesting to the mills to include at least 20% of Harred Winter in all the flowers that they are selling to Bimbo. Uh, This story with Bimbo is wonderful. And also, we have to manage this in a very, uh, uh, how to say, in a very polite way, because sometimes... Uh, uh, these companies, Bimbo or other industrial bakeries, they will go back to the miller and request harred winter. But for example, today the harred winter prices are very high. Uh, sometimes the this create a pressure to the mill to continue buying harred winter, and at the same time, sometimes the mill they have other alternatives cheaper than harred winter, but sometimes they are. A little bit forced to include at least a, 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 at, at least 20 percent of Harald Winter in their blends. No, uh, another very interesting activity that we had was in the pasta uh, sector. Uh, we demonstrate the same that including Harald Winter high protein Harald Winter in this case is 12 percent protein Harald Winter. Uh, we demonstrate them that the quality of pasta can be the same or better than if they use only Canadian spring wheat for the production. Uh, we work, for example, with the largest pasta manufacturer in Colombia and uh, after the trials conducted in the mill or in the pasta factory, uh, the company hire an external panel to evaluate the final product. And the external panel that evaluated the final product uh, at the end concluded that there's no difference uh, uh, or there's no penalization in the final product when we use more hard weight. When we do this, uh, our main... A goal, trying to introduce Harry Winter in the in the in the pasta area. Our main goal is to create more demand, and if we create more demand, it's going to be easier for our customers to uh, uh, be able to import Harry Winter because you have to remember that more than 55% of the wheat coming from the U.S. to our region is coming in partial cargos. It's not coming in full cargos. So saying that, we need to consolidate a a big volume inside a vessel, and for that, we need several customers. So if we are able to include more actors or more players inside the vessel, it will be easier for traders to uh, consolidate one Harren Winter or
0: one U.S. wheat cargo for our region. Yeah, that's a very important point to make, uh, that they have to split up the cargoes on these ships. But two wonderful success stories there. For the uh, benefit of our listeners, Bimbo owns the Sara Lee brand in the United States, something you're very familiar with. But um, Miguel and his team creating that demand. So when the price starts softening up a little bit, which it has in the last few weeks, uh, the doors are going to open up again to um, some hard red winter wheat. and And Technical advice that you provide to these buyers is so important, and you've you've backed that up by science. Tell us about your new baking lab you have that opened in 2021.
1: Excellent. Well, we open uh, using ATP funds. Uh, we had the opportunity to open a first-class laboratory uh, in Santiago de Chile. The laboratory is located inside Universidad Mayor that is a private university well located in Santiago de Chile. And through this laboratory, we have also created activities that are focused mainly uh, in the technical area of the milling companies. We discovered several years ago that today... uh, We have to create fidelity not only with the people, with the persons responsible of 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 the wheat purchases. Today, the technical department or the technical areas uh, inside the milling companies they have an important voice in the decisions uh, of wheat purchases. So, by creating also fidelity and by demonstrating technical staff of the different milling companies. How they can get the best from our different wheat classes, we are able to gain fidelity and at the same time eh, develop or create more demand for our wheat. Eh, this laboratory is playing an important role in the region. Why? Because in the past, when we invite when we invited technical staff to the US, sometimes we were having some problems with the visas, and at the end, it was not very easy to create technical activities, including technical staff from the mills. Today, within the laboratory in, in Santiago de Chile, we are able to move. Uh, Any technical staff from South America to Santiago de Chile, they don't need visas. And we create our own programs inside our laboratories. And sometimes we are bringing specialists from the U.S. to conduct these activities around the laboratory. In technical terms, uh, with the arrival of Andres Saturno, that is our uh, uh, technical manager and who was visiting the U.S. last week with this Colombian technical delegation... Uh, we are able to develop value propositions also for different customers. When we talk with a customer in Chile or in Peru, and if uh, they send us samples of the different wheat classes that they are using... And in our lab, we are able to mill this wheat, create different blends, include more Harry more Winter or more U.S. wheat, and go back to our customers with a value proposition, including more of any of our wheat classes inside the blend. No? In that way, uh, what the mills are feeling is that we are part of their business. We, are, we want them to be successful when they use wheat from the U.S., And for that, we are giving an important support in the technical area.
0: Yeah, it's such a such a powerful tool that lab and I've had the benefit of being there it's beautiful large with with all the equipment needed and uh, it's a, it's a great story to tell how that technical servicing you can do what you just talked about in blending those wheats and and showing them the value miguel uh, let's let's talk a little bit about some some trade issues if you don't mind uh, you know south america we we looked to south america for business logistically they're they're closer uh, one of our closest uh, partners partners, uh, so we have a, a little bit of a benefit with uh, freight maybe not being as costly. And then you've got to look at, at certain trade agreements, and, and I know we have a free trade agreement with Colombia, um, but I think before we get too much into that, people want, need to know about Mercosur, uh, what exactly that is and how that impacts wheat exports, uh, U.S. wheat exports to South America.
1: All right, thank you, Erlan. Mercosur block uh, group four countries that is, Argentina, Brazil, Uruguay, and Paraguay. And uh, besides the Mercosur block, in all the other markets that we serve in South America, uh, uh, we don't have issues in terms of import tax. What I'm saying is that U.S. wheat pays zero import tax in Colombia, in Ecuador, in Peru, and Chile. The, today in Bolivia, we are paying 10%. Uh, I think that they are going to decrease that in the near term. We are in permanent contact uh, with the Bolivian Millers Association and always uh, giving and supporting them with information in order to uh, try to uh, decrease this import tax tax that they some years they eliminated, then they put it again. And the other uh, uh, import tax that we have is in Brazil. That the same import tax in Brazil is 10%. But during the last four years, and uh, all the work done by US Wheat Associates and all the work done by USDA, finally we got. Uh, from the Brazilian uh, government, uh, uh, Brazilian millers, they got a, a, an amount of wheat that can enter Brazil without paying taxes. In the past, was 750,000 metric tons, and today they increase that number to up to 1 million metric tons. Uh, and this consider all wheats outside Mercosur, not only US wheat, so also Russian wheat, Eastern Europe wheat is also they have the opportunity to pay zero import tax. Oh, eh, besides that, in Brazil we also have a marine merchant tax. So all the wheat exported from the US to Brazil today is not paying import tax but is paying a eh, a tax that I don't remember is near 10 percent, also, but it's a tax based only on the freight. Now, so if the freight from the Gulf of Mexico is $23 per metric ton to Fortaleza, eh, eh, Brazilian millers will pay an additional $2.3 eh, eh, when they consider U.S. wheat in their in their purchases.
0: Yeah, so that's that's a TRQ, a tariff rate quota uh, of uh, a million. Uh, million tons and and that is that is a huge huge thing um the the potential marketplace for brazil i think we've seen that uh, i I'm, don't know if i recall correctly 2014 the same year as the world cup that brazil imported like four million metric tons of wine. yeah
1: three million and something yeah correct
0: yeah so it it has a huge huge market potential so the What are the years or the situations where Brazil is more likely to import a lot of U.S. wheat?
1: Uh, uh, Good question. That will depend on only two factors. Mainly one factor for our market, that is depending on the size of the Argentine crop. Depending on the size of the Argentine crop, yeah, and when you remember oh, that was 2014, I, I, don't, I, I remember that Argentina, crop was, Argentina wheat crop was a disaster and also local Brazilian harvest was very, very, very low. So eh, 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 with those two points over the table, eh, Brazilians, they decided to import only from the U.S. and was a great year for us. Today, things are very different. Today, Brazil, I was checking numbers this morning, and a Brazilian government estimate that Brazil will produce near 9.5 million metric tons of wheat this year. Yeah. Brazil use near 13 million metric tons. But Brazil last year exported 3.5 million metric tons of wheat, basically feed wheat. Basically, feed wheat. This year is expected that they will export 3 million metric tons. Look, at this I was checking exports from Brazil and from Argentina uh, one week ago, and from January 2023 to June 2023, Brazil exported more wheat than Argentina incredible in <laughs> that incredible but basically market for brazilian wheat is uh, southeast asia africa and mainly 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 for uh, feed purposes no and
0: yeah the the wheat in brazil correct me if i'm wrong is grown in, in southern brazil and is not not really a baking or quality mm-hmm. wheat
1: well. yes uh, they have been improving the during the last years because they have invested a lot in technology and developing new varieties. But uh, yes, you are correct. And it's, uh, the main factor here in Brazil is weather. So I was checking in Brazil, they have good weather for wheat, maybe two years in 10. No, So last year they have a wonderful uh, 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 weather for wheat production. But today they have been decreasing their estimates. And for example, Brazil will enter... It already started harvest in the northern part of the country, but the big production areas, they will start harvest in September. And the quality of the wheat is very tied to what is going to happen during the next month in terms of weather. So if they have rains uh, during harvest, we know what happened, and the quality of the wheat uh, will decrease And and, uh, uh, it's not going to be able to produce not even bread flour. But our main market is located in the northeast of Brazil. That is the nearest part, the nearest area to the Gulf, to the U.S. Gulf of Mexico. And uh, for the milling industry that is located in uh, in Ceará or in Fortaleza, the northeast, uh, it's cheaper for them to bring wheat from the U.S., than to import wheat from the southern area of Brazil. So, uh, uh, we have to see a big spread in order for them to consider Brazilian wheat, no? In the Northeast, they consider Argentine wheat. Today, they are using some Canadian wheat, some U.S. wheat, and obviously some Russian wheat as well. This year has been the largest Russian wheat export to Brazil in history, has been in 2023. They have exported near half a million metric tons of Russian wheat to Brazil during this year. Hmm? But it's, it's only price.
0: Yeah, it's a unique year in so many different ways. We've seen things that we normally don't see, and we we keep talking about this over and over again. I, hopefully things will bounce out and turn, turn more to normal. Another interesting dynamic to the Argentine and Brazilian relationship is, we've been talking about it for years, GMO wheat has uh, has been approved for production in Argentina, and in fact, I believe approved for production in Brazil, and G- and the GMO wheat uh, flour from that for human consumption that trait is called HB4, uh, which was developed by a company called Bioseries in in Argentina. Now there's a lot of interesting discussions around this uh, that particular trait is already in use in corn in the United States. It's been approved by the FDA for human consumption. It's not been approved for growing yet. But uh, give us your viewpoint on that, Miguel. What, what does this all mean for the future of, of wheat markets in South America?
1: Very good question, Aaron. You well, know, First, uh, what they say is that HB4 is drought-tolerant, Resistant doesn't exist. Drought tolerant. But last year, we know that Argentina faced a big drought, but the wheat production was very low. And we know that in in the main areas, they were already uh, using HB4 technology. Uh, Today, what what I know about HB4 is that the quality, the, the baking quality of HB4 of varieties, that I think they are two varieties that, that contains or that have this this trait, uh, the, 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 bread pro, the bread quality, or so the flour quality is not good or suitable for bread production. So at some point... I'm thinking, hey, this can benefit us because they will need maybe better wheats as hard winter to improve the quality of the flour when they are blending with Argentine wheat. Today we know that there's no way back for this. Argentina is growing it. Brazil in the south is growing it as well, and today is already mixed inside the export channels and we know that there are some ways to detect this trade in in wheat exports uh, from Argentina and main customers in the region they are being careful with uh, sourcing their wheat from Argentina and in some cases doing extra analysis to be sure that they don't have GMO wheat in their with uh, cargos uh, because uh, uh, b- because of the large international or the multinational companies that are operating in, in South America, some of them, they don't want GMO wheat. Why? Because today in South America, we started a process of labeling products. And we call this light labeling, that is high in sugar, high in shortening, high in uh, salt or sodium, etc. And what they don't want is today they have seen that this labeling has affected sales in some countries of the region. Uh, uh, And what they don't want is to label with the T. And the T is of transgenic. So if you are using transgenic wheat. In countries that is allowed, uh, you are going to by by mandatory to label your products. And big company as Mondelez, as uh, as uh, Nestle or other international companies, they are being very carefully, very careful uh, when they are uh, coordinating imports or buying flour from different mills in South America. There are some countries that they have not allowed yet the use of transgenic wheat or GMO wheat. We have seen that Colombia already approved also imports of GMO wheat, uh, but in the case of Peru, Chile uh, and Ecuador, they have not approved yet. So, this is something that continue happening, Uh, we have not seen yet one analysis at destination saying that that contains this HB4 trade. So at this point, nothing has happened, but we don't know what is going to happen when this this appears, mainly in markets that don't accept GMO, but it's something from my point of view that don't have way back. They will continue moving, and and at some point, uh, I don't know if they are going to be able to pay buyers in South America, be able to pay a premium for non-GMO wheat, but for sure in the future, international companies, they are going to request to the suppliers, or include in the specifications, non-GMO.
0: Yeah, I think uh, the American saying, the cat's out of the bag, is is certainly fitting here, that GMO wheat uh, has been, Released and I, just to be clear, from a U.S. wheat associate standpoint and from Kansas wheat, we, uh, we don't oppose GMO technology, but we want to make sure that markets are ready for the GMO technology because we have uh, various customer countries who aren't necessarily ready to accept that type of technology. And maybe in a way, having Argentina start this is to our advantage. They they can kind of uh, get all the the troubles and concerns out of the way. But I know it's something you'll you'll keep a close eye on and, and keep us posted on that. So, all right, let's look at, at just a couple more countries before we wrap up. Uh, I know um, focusing specifically uh, Colombia, Peru and Chile, all, all good customers for us wheat. I think Chile has us has 23, 25% of the market share in, in Chile. Uh, and some of that being hard red winter wheat and um, uh, interesting, uh, different dynamics in Chile on on how the wheat comes into the country is split amongst locations and we recently learned to that HRW is a preferred uh, protein source in in salmon food and in, in pelleted salmon food uh, so there's some potential there so tell tell us a little bit more about uh, Chile
1: hmm well in Chile eh, when we when we talk with a with a milling company they are able to pay a premium for Harrell winter, and sometimes they are able to pay the same price for Harrell winter than for a spring with higher protein from Canada. What they don't want is to pay a premium over high spring Canadian wheat. So they, if if the price is similar to high protein Canadian wheat, they are going to buy hard winter. In Chile, during the last years. First, we have two big areas, important areas in Chile. The first area is the central part of Chile, where the largest milling capacity is located. Okay, And then we have, we can say, a new market in the south of Chile. In the south of Chile is where wheat production is located in the country. In, in Chile, for example, Chile consume or use 2 million metric tons of wheat per year, and they grow 1 million metric ton and they import 1 million metric tons. From that million that they import, we have 25 30%, depending on the year. And uh, uh, from that million that is imported, the main part of that was going to the central area of Chile. Why? Because in the southern part of Chile is where the wheat production is located. So mills in the southern part of Chile they were using local wheat. Today uh, we know that the salmon feed industry in Chile continue growing and we discovered uh, uh, a couple of years ago that the viscosity of hard winter wheat was something that was extremely desired by salmon feed producers. Why? Because in the salmon feed industry, they use wheat between 12 and 15% in the formulation. And when they produce the pellets to feed the salmons, what they need is that this pellet has a specific floatability because if the pellet stays in the surface, salmon will not eat it. And if the the pellet goes down, salmon will not eat it in the bottom. So, uh, the pellet needs a floatability, and the best floatability they have seen is when they use harrowet. We discovered this, and what we have been doing during the last years, we have been in contact, we have identified 12 million companies in the south of Chile that they are able to use U.S. wheat. So now we are promoting combined cargos, including Jarre Winter, that are going to the south of Chile. And part of this wheat is being used for the salmon feed industry and the small and medium-sized mills in the south, they have the ability to purchase small amounts of Jarre Winter that in the past it was not possible. Because they were, there was no hard winter going to the south of Chile. No? So we have an interesting new market there that we continue developing. And only for your reference, uh, the salmon feed industry imports 25% of total wheat imported in Chile. Salmon feed industry imported 250,000 metric tons of wheat per year.
0: That is significant. Very significant. Yeah. So.
1: Very interesting uh,
0: volume. Yeah. Let's talk about one more country before we wrap up that maybe not a lot to think about is Ecuador. Uh, Ecuador is a country where U.S. Wheat Associates has 45% of the market share which is, is rather large and I, I think uh, HRW is at least a component of that. Is that correct?
1: Yes, that is correct. This year, again, it has not been our year in, in Ecuador because we have seen Argentine, Russian, Brazilian wheat competing in the same segment where we compete with Harry Winter. No? And our customers we have demonstrated the value of U.S. wheat. They are able to pay a premium, but they are not able to pay the premium that we have seen during, during this year. We have seen up to $100 premium uh, hard winter over other wheat origins. No, We have seen that that is reducing. Uh, uh, we expect to see more hard winter coming at the end of this calendar year. Actually, we we talked last week with several customers that they are quoting for November and December, eh, 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 Harrell Winter. But yes, eh, eh, in Ecuador, Harrell Winter eh, is well known for the baking characteristics, and they are using also when Harrell Winter is available, they are using Harrell Winter for pasta production and. for cookies and crackers, they when Harry Winter is available, they use between 10% or 20% blended with US software winter to produce flour that is going for cookies and crackers production. You know? Also in Ecuador, we have seen uh, an important market uh, that is the shrimp industry. You know? Shrimp industry, they have used Harry Winter. Today, we have a couple of programs uh, uh, to work with the, with the shrimp feed industry in Ecuador to understand in a better way what are their specific needs. Because shrimps are different than salmons. And we know that shrimps, they don't need floatability They need that the pellet goes to the bottom of the pools because shrimps, they eat on the bottom. But yes, they have used it. They like it and uh, uh, we continue working that area in Ecuador because we think that uh, today, the uh, shrimp feed industry is not using uh, feed wheat. All the shrimp feed industry, they are using human consumption wheat from different origins, and uh, uh, we are, as I mentioned, we are working with USEC, US Soybean Export Council, in order to identify opportunities to continue uh, growing in this segment
0: such such interesting dynamics for each country a little bit different so much competition in south america but so much potential we're we're very fortunate to have you and your team down there looking out for farmers i know the kansas wheat farmer going to try to provide more hrw next year for you to to sell i know it's we're waiting for it, it. it's good quality it's great quality but yes. i wish we had more of it to sh- to share with you so in, in yeah. closing here what's what would your message be to to kansas wheat farmers miguel
1: well, first of all, send my personal regards to all our Kansas wheat farmers here from South America. We will continue doing our best, and please, we need to grow more hard winter. We know that that is that is a, a, something that you are considering, but again, hard winter is the most important class exported to our region today. Almost ten percent of total U.S. wheat exports are coming to South America and we know that there is a tremendous uh, opportunity to continue developing markets for U.S. wheat farmers.
0: All right. Wonderful, Miguel. And I'm sure we will visit with you on this podcast again. Exciting new things are happening all the time. uh, But we appreciate your time. It's very educational and I think our, our listeners will learn a lot from this discussion. So all the best to you, Miguel.
1: Thank you, my friend. Un abrazo, and uh, talk to you soon.
0: Many thanks to my friend Miguel Galdos for joining us on this episode of the Wheats on Your Mind podcast. If you have a topic you'd like us to cover in the future or have a question for one of our guests, please email us at podcast at My name is Aaron Harries. Thanks for listening.